0: amazing worship that was. Praise God. What a cool song too. I love that new song. I love God. you love God? Man, he's good. Give the Lord just another hand of appreciation because he's worthy. Come on, church. Come on, church. There you go. Amen. Somebody saw me in a sport coat this morning and uh, I said, don't get used to it. Uh, I (laughs) It's Christmas. I'm going I'm to try to dress nice for the next four weeks. After that, I can't promise anything. Jeans and tennis shoes. I like to wear t shirts, but Janie says, You cannot wear a t shirt on Sunday morning. She gives me the, that sign. So every now and then I, yeah, you can. You wear, I, every now and then I disguise it with a sweater. And then I get hot and I take the sweater off. And there's nothing she can do about it. So I got a sweater. I got a t-shirt on. So if you see me in a sweater over the next couple weeks, yeah, you know. Well, you'll look good. And I hope you haven't had too much turkey and you're not sleeping on me this morning. The first service seemed a little bit tired. I'm going to be honest with you. And so then they were lulling me into a sleep. So much to the fact that I've changed my complete message for the second service. So, because I thought that was a train wreck. And if I was a plane, I just crashed in the ocean, and nobody was there to bail me out. And so, you you get it. If you were here the first service, you can say, "Thank you, Jesus. I cannot sit through that again. I can't sit through it again." And I delivered it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can be honest, right? All right. And, and now the coat comes off. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Only because it's so hot up here. So, all right. So, uh, write these three words down, or four words if you're taking notes. So, I'm going to give you just the the basis of what the first sermon was about. Because you might want it for evangelism, for, for talking to people. The first Word is revealed. We will talk about that one a whole lot more. So, reveal, Christ came to reveal, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Second of all, he came to re- redeem. So, he came to reveal the scriptures and the prophecy that was prophesied about him coming. He came in his real life to reveal. Then, he came to redeem each and every one of us. So, it's important, again, if we're Christ followers, it's important for us to be able to share with people in the world, okay, that aren't Christ followers. And by, by the way, that point. Portion is growing every year. It's important for us to be able to share with people on how to become a Christian or why we want to follow Christ or what the importance is. So reveal, redeem, and then restore is the third word that you want to write down. So reveal, redeem, restore and re- restoration is a process. So if you're leading somebody in this walk that we call following Christ and they're just not doing everything just right just yet, understand that it's it's a whole process. If you're Restoring, I, I likened it in the first service to restoring your car. If you're restoring a your car, I love driving through the countryside and seeing old cars like old Mustangs or old Corvettes or old 57 Chevys just back in a corner, like underneath a, an awning or just like maybe a, a torn up, tattered tarp over them. And, you know, maybe that person meant really well at one time, like I'm going to buy that car and I'm going to restore that car. That car's going to be so cool. Or maybe the car was handed down generation after generation, and somebody's going to take the time to restore it. Well, sometimes that's us in our Christ walk. We get Christ revealed to us, and then we become redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, but then the restoration process, we kind of park it there for a while. So it's on us to get restored, right? Well, like in other words, like sanctification after salvation is a process, but you can can be saved and choose not to be restored, you've got to answer to that on the other side you got to answer for that so the restoration could be a process and and we can't always like i'm a i'm a finisher i don't i the reason i don't like to run great distances because i want to be done like i want to go run for three miles after half a block i'm tired this time we're going to pack it up we're going to go in Uh, You've heard my gym stories. Me and Janie would go to the gym, drive through the parking lot, and hit McDonald's. went to the gym. We just didn't go in. Are you with me? Sometimes that's our Christian walk. I went to church. I didn't get anything out of it. I went to church. I didn't worship. Why didn't you worship? You should have worshiped. Man alive, the presence of God is here. And even if you're not worshiping for yourself, your worship might have broke the ground for somebody else. It's paramount that we worship. It's paramount that we work on our restoration. It's paramount that we, that we let our life become restored from the inside out. Your outside body may not change that much, but your inner man, your inner working should change every day. You should get closer and closer and closer and closer to the Lord. We have some friends back uh, in the Midwest that re- restored some different cars, and they're so cool when they're restored. I think that's what God looks like when he looks like at us is, man, I love your restoration process. And I like people who work on the restoration, the sanctification, so reveal, redeem, restore, and then last of all is receive. We have to receive what Christ did for us, and we have to share that with people in that receiving process. Hey, you got to receive. Now, again, you can't force it, but when you explain to them Christ was revealed, when you explain to them Christ redeemed, he brought you back, when he brought you back, now he restores you, and that rest- rest- restoration is a process, and now just receive every good gift. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life from above, 1 John 1.9. So, when we understand that these gifts come down, now we receive them. How many likes gifts? I mean, you can be honest. It's, it's okay to like a gift. You don't have to be too proud. Gifts are good, right? How many like to give gifts, right? Most people that like to get gifts also like to give gifts. That's, that's their nature, okay? That's, what that's their love language. My wife loves to give gifts, and she likes gifts as well. So, it's a, it's a give and take. But at Christmas time, the greatest gift of all is Christ Jesus. The greatest gift of all is Christ Jesus. Hands down, bar none, it's all over. Jesus is the real deal. So stand with me, if you will. We're going to come out of Luke, the second chapter, 8 through 15. I added a couple verses from the first uh, service. You'll, You'll know this well, and then I'll explain why. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's live and it's true. We thank you, Lord, that this really happened. This isn't a myth. This isn't mythology. This isn't uh, something somebody dreamed up. Lord, you did this, and you did it for us. You did it so that we can have life, a life everlasting, a life eternal, an abundant life. And so, Father, we pray today, Lord, that we can walk in that abundant life. Lord, if there's people in our path Way that don't you know you? We can share the fact that you reveal yourself, you redeem us, and Lord, you restore us, Father Lord. And all we have to do is receive that. So we receive your word, your gift today, your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody in agreement said, "Amen." Amen. All right, give the Lord a shout one more time. Can we do that? Just because He's worthy, praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And so uh, this. Jesus, and I have, I have one statement we're going to put up there, Jesus that sat on the, the, the throne, he, he shows up now in a manger. Now think about that for a second, because it's very seldom does someone humble their self to that level. Very seldom does someone just, just go to that extreme. This is the extreme of extremes. Jesus always was, always is, and always will be. He's, he's forever. He's infinite. And in our finite mind, we can't understand uh, the infinite process, okay? And so by that token, when we see Jesus who always was, and always is, and always will be. Now, come as a baby in a manger, and he lays there. It's it's the it's the epic uh, of what this what this looks like as far as Christendom goes. So we see that the the Lord who sits on the throne now comes in a manger. And the whole process is revealing, so he reveals himself to the shepherds in the field that night, and we sing the songs and they 're good songs and we we've we watched charlie Brown and and uh, is it Linus that does the Linus does the deal in our church growing up uh, uh, the little kids put on a play, and Marcus was Linus, and he quoted those whole four, five, six verses, and it was so cool. And we were so proud. It was old Charlie Brown, and and, and, and we make it, and it is cute. It, it's good because babies are innocent, okay? But we see this Christ child laying in a manger, and there, there was no room for him, and I think that was by design because sometimes we want to push Jesus out. Like, hey, Lord, this, this one's not on you. This one, this is, I'm going to go ahead and take care of this one. And Jesus wants to be included in everything. Okay, and so, but this is what we get to Luke the second chapter, and the Bible now is two thirds of the way over. If like you're reading from cover to cover, you've already you've already covered 39 books of the Bible, and in those 39 books, the main thrust of those books is that at some point in time, God's going to send His Son. He's going to redeem us from our sins, buy us back. He's going to restore us, and He's going to reveal Himself so that we can have everlasting life. But while we have everlasting life. We can walk in freedom here on earth that's important to know because sometimes people are bound like we check the box jenny likes to say man sometimes people are just checking the box we check the box salvation at seven water baptism at eight live like the devil the rest of my life no salvation at seven baptism at eight walk in freedom the rest of my life you're not bound anymore by the pits of hell you, can, you have that freedom to walk in. And so two-thirds of the Bible, 39 chapters or books, up until this point, point us to this revealing moment. This is why the reveal is so big. You know some of those home shows, they have the big reveal. The guy used to do Ty, uh, Pennington, Weddington, whatever. He used to do the ABC show where they'd move the bus. Remember that? Move the bus. Man, the first time, first two years I watched that thing, I cried. I did. I cried because, you know, it was some Marine sergeant or some lady that had 25 and a half kids and couldn't afford them. And, well, no, 25 and a half kids, you can't afford that. And we got a, we got, and she's living in a one room house. And, you know, the saddest stories. And and like, Janie says, You're not going to cry, are you? No, no, I'm not. I am not crying on this. Weeping like a little baby. Move that bus. And you know what's going to happen. It was the big reveal. All right? And so now they do it on home shows. You got the big reveal. This, listen, church, this is the big reveal. Jesus came on the scene. But reveal is short for revelation. So it's revealing something that was already prophesied. So let's go to Proverbs 29 and 18 for a second, and we'll read that. Where there is no revelation. Everybody say revelation. Revelation. The people cast off restraint. Or King James says perish. So everybody say perish for a second. Perish is like so. If you don't, what is perish? Perish is like that banana that's a week old. It's all brown and mushy, and the only thing you can do is make good bread out of it. But it's just that it's it's fruit gone bad. It's like here's here's us. We need to we need to walk in revelation. But happy is he who keeps the law, and so that we're not. Trying to be legalistic, the law here isn't every uh, every dot and jot and tittle. It's every it's God's principles. So I want to keep God's principles. I'm going to try. I'm going to keep the law, but the law is his principles, not these legal, legalistic things that if I don't do these, all of a sudden God's erasing my name from heaven. Are you with me? See, because we get this twisted mentality in, in, in theology that God's uh, in heaven, and he writes our name on a grease board, then he max, marks it out, Mice, writes it down, marks it out, writes it down, marks it out. He knows the power of our heart, and when he, he speaks to our heart, we'll get into that for just a second, but when we recognize where there's no revelation, where there's no vision, where there's no there's no looking down, that the people cast off restraint, or they, or they just run whichever way, but happy is who keeps the law, the principles of God, so the principles of God all Always, always wrap around revelation. So I have a couple of things that aren't up there. You can write them down if you want. Vision equals your future. So when we look, we look at revelation or vision, when I start to envision myself down the road, it starts to become my future. Those people who have no vision have no future. When you're not looking at things, I ask a lot of young people, what's your five-year plan? Tell me, tell me what. And I talked to one this morning. He said, I'm 25. I'm ready to go. I said, all right, because you you're looking good, now you've got to start the next season of your life. He said, yeah, I'm halfway to 50. Well, I beat you there which means I'm over halfway to 100. That's not happy thought. But every person here should have a vision for your future should have a vision for you or your kid's future or, your, in my case, my grandbaby's future. And I want to store up things because a good man stores up treasures for their children's children. Not necessarily for my children, but for my children's children. So there's got to be a vision you have. And if there's a, if there's a vision that equals your future, Mark the 11th chapter, verses 22 through 24, basically the Bible says these three things, see, believe, Receive. And when we start to see things in our life, all of a sudden we can start to become those things. When we start to become those things, we start to receive those things. My friend Landon Barefoot says you have to expand the capacity to receive. My wife says that a lot too. you got to expand the capacity to receive. You also have to expand the capacity to see. When you start to see things, you start to hope things. Like the enemy just wants to take away your hope. And this is what he did when Jesus showed up on the scene. What happens? The very first thing when Herod finds out about it, he sends a decree to, call, to kill every male child two years and under. Why? Because the enemy wants to take away your sight. He wants to take away your vision. He wants to take away things that you realize, if I can't see it, maybe I can't be it. If I can't see it, maybe I can't obtain it. I'm not talking about, you know, Weird stuff. I'm not talking about uh, visions of grandeur. I'm talking about what can you do for the kingdom? What can you do for God? How can you see yourself like I see multiple, multiple surfaces and multiple, multiple campuses? In my prayer time, I say, God, how can we help other churches reach the community for you? How can how can we pray to the to the order that revival comes to Hickory and the surrounding areas? How can our people get so jacked up that they can't wait for Sunday that they're having Bible studies and they're they're having small group, and they're they're breaking communion in their home. How can we get so jacked up for you, God, that we're we're ready to go at a moment's notice to do whatever God you call us to do? Where's our vision? See, and where there's no vision, the people perish. And so, if we have vision, if we understand the direction that we're going, but vision incorporates your future. We used to go when we lived in the Midwest, when we lived in Omaha. Uh, it's a 10-hour drive from Omaha, Nebraska, to Winter Park. And Winter Park is where we would vacation every year. It's a ski resort town, and we would always go up there in the summer. And so, you know, and uh, on the other side of the Missouri River, the speed limit is 75 miles an hour. And so, like, that's a big win for uh, those of us who like to get there a little quicker. And so, uh, from Omaha, Nebraska, I-80, westbound to 76, down to 70, and then 70 to exit 234, and then up highway 40 to winter park 10 hours halfway the exact halfway mark is north platte nebraska so it's five hours from omaha to north platte it's five hours from north platte to winter park when you get to north platte janey would start seeing the, telling the kids kids can you see the mountains can you see the kid can you see i see them can you see the mountains i see the mountains and the kids would be in the back seat saying i can see the mountains mama and i said no you can't it is physically impossible. You cannot see the mountains. That is a cloud structure. I mean, you can't see the mountains until you get to Denver, Colorado. And she would say, No, I can see the mountains, Mark. I bet you'll see them when you get there. No, of course you will. But she would see the mountains, and she had all the kids believing, Yeah, I can see the mountains, Mama. I can, sir, I can see the mountains. They're, they're there. I want to ask you today can you see it? Can you see the very thing that you're after? Are you starting to see? If you can't see it, you're not, it's not going to happen. Can you see that healing? Can you see that miracle? Can you see that one coming in to know Jesus Christ? When I first gave my heart to the Lord, I had to see my whole family get saved. I had to see all my cousins and my aunts and uncles get saved. I had to see each and every one give their hearts to the Lord, and I, it was it was it was broad and it was it was tough. And I would start to pray for them, but as I was praying, I would start to see. As I was believing, then I would start to receive. And when I would start to see and pray and believe and receive, all of a sudden, one by one, they started to come to know. And when closer we got to Colorado and the closer we got to the Denver area, and we saw those big Rocky Mountains, Janie would say, "See, I." I told you they were there. I told you I could see them. Now, whether she could or not, that's immaterial. She had the kids believing she could. And I want to talk to you today for just a moment because vision is your future. Can you see? Can you see it? Can you see the things you're praying for? And if you're not praying, why not? And if you're not praying so big that only God can answer it, why not? Why insult God? with our little prayers? Why insult God with our little vision? Why not have a huge vision for this place? Why not have a huge vision for Hickory? Why not have a huge vision for Grace Church? Why not? God's given us the, idea, the ideal that he came for all people, Luke 2 and 10, and that's our byline. And by the way, for all people. Church, we're for all people. We're for every single person that there is in this area, red, yellow, black, or white, rich or poor, young or old, we're for everybody. We, why? Because Jesus is for everybody. So, why not have a vision that includes all people? Why not have a vision? That, but see, if we can see it, I have a, in my, uh, Greg Dye sits over here. Greg works in our children's ministry. He helps lead that. Give Greg just a hand of appreciation. He had a, a birthday a week ago or so. Greg, we love you. We thank you. In my closet, I have a little, uh, little sign that he gave me All things are possible. And I look at it every morning. I saw it this morning. It just says, when I get dressed, and, I, and I'm, I'm getting ready, and I look at this little, all things are possible. Listen, church, we have to believe that all things are possible in Christ. We have to believe that God's gonna take care of those situations in your life. All things are possible. He gives you wisdom, he gives you knowledge, he gives you understanding, he gives you grace, he gives you mercy, he gives you life, and he gives you that more abundantly. So all things are possible to those who believe. And when we start to believe, then we can receive. If we start to see, we can start to grasp. Can you see it? Close your eyes just for five seconds. What are you praying for? What do you believe in God for? What, do, what, do you, what are you asking God for? Can you see it? Can you see that freedom? Can you can you see that 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 um, that the financial counselor saying it's gonna be all right? Can you see that attorney saying it's gonna be all right? Can you see the, the the boss giving you a promotion? Can you can you see I see this church being full multiple times? I see our downtown campus being finished and full multiple times. I, I see the campuses that we're gonna plant being full multiple times. I see revival taking over Grace Church and Hickory. Can you see it? Turn to somebody and say, Can you see it? So you don't have to see my vision, but you need to see your vision. You need to see the vision that God's given you. Can you see it? Janie spoke about it a minute ago when she talked about maybe maybe some of us have overeaten this weekend. And frankly, I'm not done yet. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I am not quite done yet. There's still a few pies, and there's still some leftovers that I'm gonna attack. But then... There's always the but then, right? But then I am, I'm going to watch what I eat. I'm going to watch it go in, go down. <laughs> so I asked my wife was on a, a, a food restriction diet one time, and she said, I said, "Honey,, how, how, how do you do it?" She said, "Well, at the breakfast time, I eat like a king. At lunchtime, I eat like a prince. And at time, I eat like a pauper. It work, that works really good. So you have your big meal in the morning, then you have a, like the second biggest meal here, have a light meal at dinner, and then you start to burn those calories. And so I, I was trying to follow her plan. In the morning, I was eating like a king. In the afternoon, I was eating like a prince. At night, I was eating like a pauper. And then one night, I got up and I opened the fridge, and I said, long live the king. And that's been my weekend, long live the king. (laughs) Number two, no vision means you perish. So listen, if, if and it says cast off restraints, but you, the, the word perish there is a little bit more appropriate because where there is vision, that's your future. Where there is no vision, you perish, but the word perish means exposed. It's exactly what Adam and Eve were in the garden after they sinned. So it almost equates itself to sin or a nakedness, a without, okay? So now I'm exposed, and if I'm exposed, it's like they're in the garden, so then there's no self-control, there's, there's no direction. And if you see someone who has no vision or they have no, they have no direction or sometimes they have no self control. why because they don't have a, a plan for their life they don 't know where they 're going, so they don 't know how to get there they're not sure one, one year Jane and I were, were coming back from Omaha. It was Christmas time. Uh, there was a mudslide on the interstate, uh, exit number one, right where North Carolina and Tennessee meet. so we had to go through the Smoky mountains. Well, then there was a snowstorm in the Smoky mountains. GPS wasn 't as good as it is now. This was eight or nine years ago. It had us running up a mountain. I thought the banjos were coming out. That for sure, we were gonna die, and this is not gonna be good. She was texting the kids. If you don't hear from us anymore, we're in a mountain in Tennessee somewhere. I'm pretty sure this is the last you're gonna hear from us. I mean, we were, we were, we were silly, stupid, nervous. I mean, it was like, I what in the world? I was, I was smacking the GPS around. Like, shut up, lady. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I mean. Dear Lord, God bless GPS and that, that voice, right? But sometimes they don't know everything. And one day, a different story, I was driving down the road, and Siri said, or whatever, the GPS lady said, turn around. And I, I, I just, I knew I was going the right way. Turn around. I knew I was going the right way. Turn around. The fourth time she said, would you please turn around? <laughs> Honest. But listen, if we don't have any vision, All of a sudden, then we have no direction and we're starting to perish unless we keep our eyes on Jesus and allow him to reveal things to us. All of a sudden, we start this for a little bit, then we start this for a little bit, then we start this for a little bit, or we go here for a little bit. And you can see this is where the scripture that God is not the author of confusion. Confusion comes in because Satan wants to detract you from keeping your eyes on Jesus. If he can detract you, uh, detract you from keeping your eyes on the Lord. If he can detract you from from keeping here, then you you lose your focus. If you if you see or if you watch like great musicians, if you watch uh, great orators, if you watch great uh, uh, sports people, they are so focused. They have no. I mean, they they don't care what else is going on because they are, they are they are linear focused and they they know what the goal is at hand. This is how Christ wants. Us to be in following him. He wants us to be so focused that when he reveals himself to us, we know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. When he gives a vision to us, then we can walk that vision out. Why? Because it doesn't matter what other people think, it matters what God has in store for you. It matters that you walk that, that vision out. Point number three: quickly, vision becomes the picture, then. Inspiration literally means God inspired. So your vision then becomes the picture that you have. If I have a vision for my family, if I have a vision for my life, if I have a vision for my future, if I have a vision, I'm not going to perish because I'm not self-directed. I'm not self-consumed. God has inspired me. So God's inspired me for that vision. When I become, uh, when I become that picture, it starts to see, so these... shepherds were then told over here there's a child that's been born and as soon as the angel stopped singing they went let's go see so the same works in reverse since Christ has already come he gives you a picture of what you see have you ever had a dream and you've seen a picture of something and it's come to pass it's like man I, I saw that's weird I saw that in my dream some the, some scientists will say that's déjà vu. Others will say, well, it's the memory working in reverse. Others will say, well, it is possible. I believe God can give you a picture. Of different things, I've seen a picture of different people getting saved. I've seen a picture of different people getting healed. I've seen a picture of different blessings. I've seen a, a picture of different of things in our life that Janie and I have walked through. That God's worked miracle after miracle after miracle. God presents a picture to you, and by the way, His whole word is a picture. His whole word is a picture that allows you to start to see things. The, our little grandsons, Brady and Jonah, they have this. I don't know what it's called. It's a puzzle that's made of different pieces of wood, and you have to put all the angles together and complete the whole puzzle, and they're unbelievably good at it. Well, then they play the game backwards, and they'll hide a piece of the puzzle, and then they'll move the pieces around to where it looks like a different piece is missing. And they'll say, hey, Poppy, what what piece is missing? Well, there is a clue to the puzzle every every puzzle piece has five pieces, and you just count the pieces, and you realize which one is missing, but I didn't know that until Jonah, our eight-year-old, said, well, you just count them, and they're they're all different. Each color has five different pieces, but you you start to figure out. here's Here's what I'm saying, is in our puzzle of life, if we're not careful, if we don't continue to follow Jesus, sometimes our pieces get misinterpreted, and we're thinking a piece fits here, and it's not there at all. Satan just moves things around, because He wants to take your eyes off of Jesus. When you remove your eyes from Jesus, you start to miss the revelation that he has for you. When we recognize that hope becomes our expectation, it's like the, the angels or the, the shepherds were, first of all, they're not kings, they're not princes, they're not government leaders, they're not, they're not in the Sanhedrin court, they're not priests, they're not prophets, they're, they're not, they're, they have like one of the lowest, meaningless jobs there is, and they're out in the shepherd and it's at nighttime, and, and the, this angel appears to them, and then there's a multitude of angels singing all kind of stuff to them, and all of a sudden they, let's go see What the angels have said so they know what to look for, you need to in your prayer time. Lord, would you give me a picture of what this is supposed to look like? God, would you give me a picture of what I need to know? God, would you show me? I'm going to cast vision. I'm going to believe and receive, and I'm going to see it. But Lord, if you would help me with that picture, I'd like to know what it's going to look like because I need to know if my picture matches your picture. And then the last but not least, God speaks through your heart. Your heart. Okay, is God's ground. It's if your heart is fertile. This is why we always have to have a pliable heart. Have you ever seen someone their heart gets a little hard? It's like man, they're they're cold. They're 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 just they're uh, they're hard to talk to. Uh, it's like they're 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 maybe mean and nasty. And it's and it's if you deal with people, sometimes your heart will get that way. And so you have to fight it on a daily basis. Lord, please soften my heart. Or just please soften my heart. God, I don't want to, I don't want to read those things. I don't want to hear those things. I don't wanna deal with God. I just want to would you soften my heart? So your soft heart becomes fertilized ground for God to drop his seed in. Whenever he drops his seed in, then it becomes it becomes a revelation. It becomes a vision. You Start to see it, you receive it, you believe it. And then these angels started to talk to the shepherds, and the shepherds like, let's go see what God has in store. And when we see that, then God plants that. And then our hope starts to fertilize us. So first, our hope becomes an expectation. Hey, it's going to work out. Oh man, this is going to be all right. This is going to. It's it, again. If you follow a sporting event, and maybe your favorite team, like maybe the Panthers today. Maybe they. You know, a guy throws an interception, and and the and the ball's called back. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, we got new hope. Oh, it's going to be good. Now in our case if it was the huskers we know it's not going to work out cuz they always find a way to lose but that's neither here nor there it's always a bad analogy okay but hear me on this when we have a hope and it fertilizes our expectation all of a sudden i believe it's going to work out and you're not just saying that there's there's a hope there why do you believe that well because god knows my prayer god knows my heart god knows my understanding god knows what i'm believing for god knows what i'm receiving god knows what i'm speaking about god knows what i'm having so our hope then fertilizes that seed within us. See, the past should become our teacher. Our testimonies should teach us. Janie said it again earlier, do it again. Just do it again. See, our testimony becomes a teacher knowing, hey, God can do this for us. God, God can work it out. I believe in healing because God has healed one, two, three members of my immediate family. I mean miraculous healings miraculous healing. So when you say, pastor, does God still heal? God still heals in a big way. I know it. I look at living proof of it every day. Does God still bless financially? Yes, he does. Why? Because I know I was one of those guys that got a turkey dinner at one time. And by the way, thank you, Grace Church, because you fed over 350 people this Thanksgiving. (laughs) 350 people this Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I got the turkey one time for my, for my family. But I got it with the promise, Lord, if you ever put me in position, I'll buy a Thanksgiving dinner for somebody. I'll, I'll buy a turkey. And then the Lord increased our influence, our position to where now we can feed a multitude of people at Thanksgiving time. In our, our 11 years here, we've probably done eight or 10,000 people over, the, over Thanksgiving. Why is that? Because God places you in position that if you'll just believe, maybe you're going through a hard time and you don't know how you're going to get through it, start to have a vision for the good times. So that when God will use you during those times, letting you know that maybe I experienced this one time, but this is just for a season. Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm moving on. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. I can go forward in Christ Jesus. He set the tone for me. So my past is a teacher, but my present is an opportunity. Right here, I have opportunity as worship team comes back. I have an opportunity right here and right now to start asking God, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? And while you're revealing yourself to me, would you you allow me to have revelation and vision for where I want to take my family in 2020, where we want to take our church in 2020, What, what we want this Christmas to look like in 2019, what I want my health to look like in the next 30 or 60 or 90 days, what I want my spiritual life to look like in the next week, Maybe change up a few things. Maybe read a proverb every day. Maybe read a chapter every day. Maybe read maybe read a, a book in the New Testament each and every day. Why not challenge yourself to say, hey, I'm going I'm to get a little closer to the Lord. I'm going to get a little closer to my family. I'm going to get a, a little closer to the ones who are, who are by me, who, who, who God's placing in, in, in with me so we can walk in love, walk in, in, in joy. Jesus shows up as a baby in a manger. The one who holds the whole world in his hand is now held by one in the world. Her name is Mary. But the same can be true for me or you. This Jesus Christ who who holds the whole world in his hand now chooses to live in our heart. But while he's living in our heart, he chooses not just to maintain just to be uh, just, just main routine. He wants to use us to, to capture things that maybe others can't do or to work together in a community or on a team concept that says, man, we can do these things. My vision has to be bigger than my past. I should close your eyes and bow your heads just for a second as we get ready to close today. And if you're here, and you need Jesus to reveal something to you, anything. It could be salvation. It could be a healing. It could be a miracle. It could be a, It could be favor. It could be blessing. It could be just that you, you haven't found the joy of Christmas yet. If you need Jesus to reveal anything to you, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at so that we can pray for you. And it's just a statement that you're making of faith. Yeah, thank you for standing for sure. or bad or by faith or by hope. Alright. If you're comfortable doing so and you're standing, just, just raise your hands up towards heaven. I want to pray for those who are, are standing. If you if you want to stand you go ahead and stand. We're 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 in this thing together. Revelation where there's no vision, where there's no revelation, the people perish. I know some of your stories. I I stand with you. I know that you're you're standing. I know that you're you're asking God to reveal things to you. I, I understand. I get that. You're asking God for favor. You're asking God for blessing. You're God asking God for healing. You're asking God for miracles. This this is not a hey let's just throw it at the dart wall type message. This is this is God shows the uh, tells the angels to go show the shepherds. Tell the shepherds they're over there. If they never go, they never see. So if you're standing here, it's a a step saying, okay, God, here I am. I'm just like the shepherd. You give me that direction. And, Lord, I'm going to start to see it. I need to start to reveal it. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, for those who are standing today that need a miracle from you, that need a vision from you, that need a revelation from you, that need you to reveal yourself to them. Lord, those that need to walk more in faith or have more hope, God, Lord, or walking in grace or have mercy, oh, God, or need to receive those things, grace or mercy or hope or faith. Father, Lord, today we know, we see, oh, God, we understand, Father, Lord, that by seeing we can believe and by believing we can receive, Lord, but we accept it today, Lord, according to, Lord, the picture that you paint for us, I pray, Lord, you give them a picture of hope, a a picture of destiny, a picture of life, a picture of vision, oh God, Lord, that starts the catalyst of, Lord, you revealing to them the things that you would want to reveal to them. Now I'm going to ask everybody else to stand in this place today, and with your hands raised if you are comfortable doing so, we're going to worship here in just a moment. I'm going to pray for every person, Lord, we're so thankful for who you are. We're thankful for, Lord, the love that you give us, thankful, Lord, not only for the Thanksgiving season, but we're thankful for the Christmas season, Lord, but not only just christmas season lord because it's a certain day on the calendar but lord that we can live this revelation year round we can live lord the revealing of who you are the redemption father of what you do the restoration of what your cause is lord that we receive it right here and right now and not only receive it lord but we tell others about it so i pray lord an impartation of revelation in our friends today in jesus name we pray
1: go through in our everyday life. that home and look at that later, that card. Do not come at 6 o'clock unless you want to come help. I mean, that's cool too, but 6.45 is when the party's going to start. We're going to sing some traditional songs. We're just, we're just going to have a fun night, so bring some snacks to share. Um, it's, it's a great time that we just get to have fun and we don't get to talk and hug everybody's neck, but on that night, it's just kind of laid back and we feel like everybody gets to fellowship a little more together, so if you can make it, we'd love to see you come out for that, 645 on Wednesday, all right, let me just bless you, Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for your amazing word, your word is alive and it's sharp, and it brings revelation, your word is revelation, so Lord, I just pray that you would reveal to us everything in our lives, anywhere where we fall short, that God, you would reveal that we're asking you for wisdom, if we're asking you for direction, if we're asking you for favor, this week that you would just reveal that, that, Lord, everything, Lord, in our lives would glorify you and praise you. We love you so much. We are so in love with you. I pray blessings over each and every one this week, that you just go with them and you shield them and you protect them and you give um, favor over situations that are arising in their week. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.